Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's up, To The Point listeners? I am your host of To The Point, Cristiano, and... I have my co-host on here as well, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, my man? Yano, it is good to see you. I am pumped to be here today for three reasons. Can I lay that out for you really quickly? Sure. One, we have a guest host, which we've never had, and I'm super excited about that for her to see what goes on behind the scenes. Two, um, it is not news to our listeners that I'm generally not the most uh, interesting person on the podcast. <laughs> and today there's a big gap between interesting and tall Paul. Um, and thirdly, the, the reason I'm most excited is man in the last 24 hours, this is week five of quarantine. I have had not one, but two near death experiences and I'm alive to record the podcast. So pumped. So, elaborate because you can't say I've had two near-death experiences and then be like, yeah, okay, let's keep going. So what the hell happened? Yeah. So uh, I didn't want to bring it up, particularly with Anna in the room, because it was work-related, which you know I thought we would have to talk about. But here's the deal. <laughs> Yesterday, I was doing consulting for a client in Austin. And my cal- you know my calendar um, and your calendar. It's bam, bam, bam. So this was a call at 11, 11 o'clock. And um, I realized I had a 12. I had a one. Like I wasn't going to be able to eat lunch. So I made a smoothie like I always do, but I wanted to make it a little heavier than I normally do to hold me over. So I put some almonds in it, crushed up the almonds, sat down, hit Zoom, face-to-face with the client, one drink, almond down the wrong pipe, on live live camera with the client doing consulting. I mean, So I didn't want to like, yeah, it was awful. So I didn't want to flake out and just like, you know, hang up the phone. So I just let him see me just work it out. And, um, that was, that was just the first, that was the first time. And then today at almost the same time, something happened again. It's crazy. Unbelievable. But I'm glad to be here. Listen, you're invincible. Quarantine can't take you down. COVID can't take you down. The little crushed up piece of almond can't take you down. Like he's invincible tall Paul. And since you asked about the second one, I'll go ahead and tell you, I wasn't going to tell you. So same type of deal today. I'm on a call with a client, right? And they just made an acquisition. They're excited. They've been waiting to tell me this story. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my blood sugar drops. And I've never really experienced that. But I immediately sweats, you know, uh, cold, start to feel like I'm passing out, kept the customer on hold. I'm like ripping off all my clothes, dripping sweat everywhere. Corey's like throwing peanut butter sandwiches at me. This is all in 24 hours. This is going to be a good day. I'm alive. Wow. So, uh Quite the interesting uh, day you've had. This is uh, not typically how the, the intro goes, but like, hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you made it. You made the sacrifice. <laughs> glad to be here. So okay. let's get into it. Okay. Pipe down, Redmond. You've had, your, you've had your 15 seconds of fame, okay? So quickly, we do have a, a guest co, I guess co-host, our COO of Rhino Strategic Solutions, Anna Yana. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thanks, guys, for inviting me in on your secret guy group. It's not a secret. This is totally public, so <laughs> like that's not what this is. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you to be on? Be honest. 
10. That's her answer. I heard it. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> I, I'm I excited because Charlene is on here, so that is the purpose. I get to spend enough time with you two that listening to you two <laughs> is not as appealing. Oh, geez. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get into this because I want to introduce our guests. So I'm going to go ahead and tee this up. So I've, gosh, I think we've probably known each other for about five, six years, maybe somewhere around there. Um, I don't know. I'm horrible with time. Um, but our guest, I'm so glad she finally got on here. Um, and she's quite interesting. So not only is she interesting, she's super smart and a total badass. So I feel really honored that she made time for us today. But I'm going to share some of the accolades she has because it's pretty fantastic. Nine-time Bryant Medal of Excellence winner, okay, which is not easy to do. She's been a pinnacle winner. And I believe, if I'm correct, is it 2016 Bryant Dealer of the Year, Charlene? Is that right? That is right. You got it. 2016 Bryant Dealer of the Year. Pretty badass. Best one. of the best. And uh, if I if I remember correct, that's you're the first and only contractor in Florida to win all three of those. Is that right? That is right. First time. Damn, like a boss. <laughs> also, okay, so no, you also do a lot of philanthropic stuff, which is fantastic. I think you mentioned you doing some stuff you do stuff in Honduras and you do a ton of charity work around like your community. So you've done that for a long for quite a while. Yes, absolutely. But one thing even people who know you or think they know you might not know that I found out that I'm going to share on the air right now is that you are the Central Pasco Dance with Our Stars best dance winner. I am. Yes, so what yes. was the dance that you How did? How did you find that out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did um, the cha-cha. Yeah, cha-cha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, look at you, man. You're so diverse. So not only that, you are an avid fisherman, right? You love to fish. I am. Love to fish. And a trophy gator hunter. <laughs> like some of these gators I've seen you with that you have hunted and taken down are frightening at how large they are. It's crazy. Yeah. Pretty big guys out there. So I think what we've learned is that she's a hundred percent badass so thank you for joining us you have lots of these of the interesting things that you've done and accomplished not just in the trades themselves with your heating and air conditioning plumbing company because you are the owner of ironus heating it's ironus heating cooling and plumbing so you're doing you have both the services and yeah. you are in i know i know i'm gonna say it wrong is it lutes florida you got it lutes florida Lutz, florida which is what a suburb of tampa tampa bay right area yeah just a little north of tampa right okay and we've been there remember anna yano when we went well actually no you 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 didn't go to the office with us it was myself i went to the gosh I, that's been a while ago too um yeah you came to lose before and i think your wife was with you but she might have been back at the hotel yeah she, i was i didn't get to go for some reason i don't remember why we were down there for a business meeting and i think i had to go to that meeting and you guys got to go to her office. Yeah, I don't remember what happened, but I do remember going down there. So, and then seeing an alligator head in your office or something like that somewhere down there. Anyhow, yeah. Charlene, we're so grateful to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Are you sure you're prepared for this madhouse? No, I'm not. I'm not sure. No. <laughs> you're kidding me? Anna feels the same way. I know. I'm totally there with you. You, I listen, wait, I cannot wait till this podcast posts and we get to share 
one of the images of one of the gators that you took down because that thing is ridiculously <laughs> big and it's intimidating just to look at the picture, let alone in, in person. And you, do you hunt those with a crossbow? I do. I do. I mean, when you're hunting alligators, sometimes you use whatever you have to use, but I think the one you're referencing, I, I definitely used a crossbow. Yeah. yeah. You're not coming at them with a, with a bicep and a toothpick trying to choke no, them out. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I've had, I did that last week on one, but you know, those are spontaneous. You just poke it in the eye with the, poke <laughs> it in the eye with the toothpick. Just... <laughs> Funny story. I was just talking to a coworker that's here and we were talking about going on the podcast, and I was like, <laughs> she wrestles alligators. <laughs> she was like, she wrestles alligators? And then Chris was like, no, she hunts alligators. <laughs> she does not wrestle them. And I was like, good correction. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so on the topic of alligators, a question as I was preparing for this came up that I realized I've never answered on my own. What's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? And do you hunt for both of them? So crocodiles are, they're not in Florida. I mean, if they're here, they're here by accident. Like they might've come across the sea, but um, those are mostly like Australia type creatures. So you won't see those here unless you see them like in a zoo. That I've sense. heard that recently they found one in Key West and it, it strolled up on someone's dock. So that's a fluke, but they're not, they're not here in Florida. But um Crocodiles are known for being a ton more aggressive than alligators. Like they're supposedly really, really scary. Um, and they even look more scary if that's possible. But here in Florida, we just have alligators. So what's the biggest gator that you've, that you've killed? The biggest gator is um, the one that I did with the crossbow and that was 13-4. 13 feet four. Good Lord. He was about, they estimated about 60 years old. Wow. So when you talk about this as a hobby, like fishing and other things, it's something that you do, you prepare for, you think about, you read about, or is this like, Hey, I went a couple times, or is this your thing? You know, I didn't even realize that it was a thing. Um, I was born in Miami. And so we would travel the Everglades quite a bit and that's just what we did. So, um, you know, it wasn't really until about five years ago um, that it leaked out into the AC world that I did this, that I realized, okay, so not everyone does this because apparently it's a big deal. <laughs> so I, <bet laughs> so you- I didn't really realize that it was a thing. Um, it's just something I've always kind of mess around with. Um, but yeah, we, I do hunt them often. I, I, um, sometimes I have my trapper's license, so, you know, we, we relocate them sometimes and it's just a fun, you know, fun outing for us. <laughs> so you've never been cow tipping. I'm sorry. You've never been cow tipping. Oh yes. Oh yeah. There's a lot of cow pastures in Florida. A lot. Oh, hmm. who knew? Hmm. I thought cow, cow tipping was just a Midwestern thing. Oh no, Florida. This where I'm from. I mean, there's San Antonio here, which is is very uh, rural. So we do a lot of that kind of fun stuff. Got it. Well, Have let's... you ever had a close call with an alligator, or like a scary, uh, sketchy situation? You know, the closest call I had was um, probably about three years ago with a little alligator, because the little ones are the scary ones because they're young and feisty and they don't have any fear because they don't know any better. 
Um, and so they're pretty scrappy. Um, I'm talking like the two to three feet range. And I had one that um, was a little out of control, but she's now our uh, shop pet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. So uh, you mentioned trapping. So you don't just kill these. You trap them, relocate them, but you trapped this one and became mother to this thing. Somewhat, yes. She she might be at the office, maybe. <laughs> so where where do you keep an alligator? Do you have just like a little marsh outside your own little like Everglade kind of set up or and it, like, where does it go? Well, my office has like a pond in the back. So that's where that one went to. That was a little sketchy gator there. Um, but she's gotten really big. We might have to relocate her again. Um, but really, it wasn't that much of a close call. It's it's not, um, at least my perception, is it's not as um, scary as you might think. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool, so though. Cool. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, let's jump into this because, yes, it's awesome that you hunt alligators, but you've also grown in it a really successful home services company. And um, it's quite impressive. And I don't, I want our listeners to be able to have some solid takeaways to hear maybe some things you've done differently. So we'll kind of walk through this. But first and foremost, I always ask everybody, because I like to know to set the stage on mm -hmm. how did you even get into the trades? And so kind of, if you would just share a little bit of your background um, coming yeah. into Ironus. So I was a corporate recruiter so I was hunting people, essentially, <laughs> um, hunting people and, and finding them, a, you know, the job of their dreams. And I had met um, someone who was in the air conditioning industry. And, you know, I'm always intrigued by different um, opportunities, you know, personally, professionally. And I just kind of watched that situation from afar. And it didn't take long, a few months that I thought this is super intriguing. And at that time in Lutz, there really wasn't any air conditioning companies here. Like growing up, we had to call into Tampa for AC, which seemed ridiculous. So, um, you know, I just kind of studied that situation from afar and thought this is the place starting air conditioning company right here. Because again, um, there wasn't really an AC company in this area at the time. Now they're all over, but, um, so that was kind of the, the thought process and just kind of took that risk and went for it. And it panned out. So, so you yeah. started from scratch. From scratch. Like yeah. you wore 15 different hats. Start from scratch. Yeah. Yes, at least. Bootstrapped this thing together and just got after it. Yes. I was dispatcher, hiring manager, toilet cleaner, all of it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. And so that was when, what year was that you started? That was 2003. Okay. So fast forward to, two, oh gosh, 2020. Holy shit. 2020, we're in quarantine. Things are so different than they were when you started this thing. <laughs> Very different. So yeah. did you, were you offering, did you start as HVAC? Did you start as plumbing? Or did you start with all three? How did, what did you start with? So no, we started um, just air conditioning and um, plumbing's been added on, I guess we're about year four now with plumbing. So um, that's going really well. And um, just like air conditioning, it's just very intriguing. It's something I, I started out knowing nothing about and, and learned something new every day with it. 
So it makes it um, a fun challenge, right. interesting. And um, as we all are learning through this situation that we're currently facing, it's essential. So it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And like whenever, so whenever Ann and I started Rhino, um, we had to learn as we go too, you know, and understand yeah. like we didn't know what we didn't know, but we had the will to, to just go. Um, you kind of had the same thing. If you came from a headhunter type of job, you already kind of had that, per, um, like that perseverance built into the persistence right. to pursue something. So, and it actually kind of ties in with this whole gator hunting thing too. Cause, but also in that, which the core of you is there's, there's courage and there's courage to lead and there's courage to you know pursue these things. And I think that you can get really far um, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur with those, some of those things, then you got to have somebody who can, actually help you keep it all together. So for me, that's Anna for, for <laughs> Rhino because she's our COO and she's the one that really manages all um, deliverables of this company and the teams and things of that nature. But it's imperative that you have that person, which you do too. I've met some of your staff before. You guys have a great crew over there and everybody's like brothers and sisters. It's super solid company. Yeah. Um, so do you think that um, if, if I could go back to this gator hunting thing, um, are there any similarities that you are finding like, Hey, I do. I, yes, I hunt gators because of, you know, I wanted, I love the preparation for it. Like hunters will prep, like where they're going to, where they're going to go and hunt someplace. They'll look at the land. They'll figure out the days. Um, there's a little bit of courage in that. You got to have some persistence in that. Um, maybe it's fulfillment. Like you like to go do those things. Are you finding that some of those similar traits are what motivate you or push you with ironness? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, there's a, so much in common with gator hunting and running ironists. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, in terms of preparation, like, you can set up the perfect hunt. You can have all of the supplies and materials, pick the perfect location. Um, but if that gator doesn't swim by you, you're back to ground zero, right? So it's the same with, running the company. I mean, I can plan and forecast and um, negotiate pricing. I can do all the right things. Um, but if 10 people call out sick that day, we're back at ground zero. So it's constant um, adjusting. It's constant adapting, having to, um, you know, have the mindset that, you know, you've got to shift gears very, very quickly and you have to be um, able to do that. And a big part of it is risk. I mean, just um, with gator hunting and, and running a company like this, you have to be willing and able to take risks. Right. I mean, if you're not right. willing to take the risk, it's just, it's all goes south, really. So, I mean, it's one thing to own an AC company um, and, and be successful, but it's another to grow it um, consistently year after year. And that takes a ton of risk. And um, just like with gator hunting, I mean, you can make the wrong move, you can take the wrong risk and 
it all goes south <laughs> real quick. So, so there's a lot of things that are very, very similar. I would think so, incredible patience too on both. Yeah. Which I, I lack in the patience department. Let's just get that out there. So does Chris. <laughs> so do I. Yes. I don't have a lot of patience. Um, and I think that's something that this industry specifically has forced me to work on. Um, because dealing with people, you, you just, you've got to have patience. So I am working on that daily. Um, <laughs> but I think that's also, um, that's also somewhat of, um, a great thing to have in this industry because it, it creates urgency and it creates, um, high energy. And that's something that you have to have in this business. Well, whatever you're doing is working exceptionally well, because you don't win, MOE awards nine times and then get dealer of the year by it, it not working. So what were you going to, were you going to, no, I'm good. Okay. Um, so this brings me to my next question. You, because you've won such prestigious awards and you're consistently doing it. I mean, nine times of getting the, the medal of excellence is, I mean, there's a lot that have never, have never got it won that award. Yeah. You've run, you've won it, the pinnacle, the pinnacle award, as well as brand dealer of the year. Like, what is it that you think you're doing or what, maybe, maybe it's, maybe the right question, the right, right way to ask this is, are there, are there principles that you're following or things that you're specifically doing to, to go after those awards specifically, or is it just the way that Irona operates based on these core principles? What is it that you're doing that's allowing you and, or it's helping you guys win these awards year after year. You know, you know what it is? It's really our people um, from everything from your customers. And we, we have to have our customers um, and to our employees. I mean, from our top management team who rocks this place, let's just be honest um, to our newest hire. I mean, it's, it's all about our people and, um, breeding within those people, our mentality and our mindset that we win. That's what we do. Um, and also just aligning ourselves with the right vendors, the right partners, the right distributors. I mean, it's all about those people as well. So it's, it's a matter of just, you know, kind of creating a perfect storm, if you will, and just align ourselves with the people that um, aren't just the best of the best, but that also subscribe to our winning mindset, because that's what it takes, really. Um, but when we do that, um, it's been helpful that everyone on board just really has become like a family here. So you mentioned that also earlier that everyone's like brothers and sisters here and we, we are a work family. And I think that helps us in the wind department because we do set our sights criteria wise at the beginning of the year in January on what, um, Bryant has set out for the criteria to win those awards. And we, you know, um, inform everyone this is what we've got to do this year and we align our goals and our strategies and our numbers with those goals in mind and everyone's on board to, to tackle it and um, I've taken many of our employees to this um, banquet I think I've met both of you at that banquet so it's a pretty impressive event right. and so that helps as well just including them and, and showing them you know, how amazing this award really is because, you know, this year, I think there was 21 dealers in the country that won uh, Medal of Excellence. So 
it's really something that's, you know, to be proud of. Sure. And, um, you know, I, 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 at this point, I like to win it because it's the work that my team has put in involved, has put into this award that makes that happen. And I like them to be able to know they did it again. And um, just for example, recently we found out that we won for this year, maybe two weeks ago, we found out. And congrats since, again. Thank you. And they've been waiting on pens and needles to find out if we won, like the entire team, you know, and it's because they do so much work all year long to make it happen. So Again, it just all goes back to your people. And, you know, I'm very fortunate that we have a great leadership team, everybody on board, honestly, like right now, um, there's been times throughout the years that I wasn't able to say this, but right now we have the best of the best. And, wow. and this team right now, I would, I would put up against anybody else. Um, and so we're in a good place with our, with our team right now. Yeah, I think one thing that you left out because of your humble nature um, is that I've gotten to, as I've gotten to know you, you're a empathetic person. And I think that you lead with a lot of, of empathy, which I believe goes a long way. And you're right. Um, in, as far as leadership goes, you have to have you know, it comes from the top down, but you have to have that leadership in place to manage to the criteria that you're talking about, which is you can't do it all yourself. So everybody's dependent upon each other to 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 keep hitting these awards. So it's like an all-in deal. Like the whole family's got to be in on it. We talk about brothers and sisters, and the reason that we say we're brothers and sisters, even in Rhino, is because we might fight with each other like brothers and sisters in here or husbands and wives or husbands and wives in some <laughs> cases. See how she snuck that in there? Like came at me so hard. And it, like she got, she got louder as she said it. Um, we fight like brothers and sisters or husbands and wives because we care about what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying, it's all about the customer. So even though we might fight like brothers and sisters, if somebody from the outside tries to mess with one of us, you better believe it. They ha we everybody has each other's back, and that's the kind of culture that we have. And it's the same culture you guys have had and have and have had at Ierna as for as long as I've known you. Right, absolutely. I mean, because everyone's passionate. They're passionate about what they do. They have pride in what they do. And like I said, that you know, you go through periods of your business where you might have a few bad seeds, and you know, that's just part of what we do. We have to work through that and recognize that. Um, because if, like you said, at that point, they become one of the outsiders that aren't on board, right? So right. we, mm -hmm. we got to move those out and get the right people back in. And like I said, the last several years, we've had an incredible team. And that's how we win, you know, really is, is aligning ourselves with the right people. Absolutely. Well, congrats on winning that again. That's fantastic. Can Huge. I hop in there? Yeah. You mentioned your leadership team. I wonder if you could share, are there any um, things that you specifically do with your leadership team to grow them as leaders or certain types of training that you put them through, or are they just inherently natural, naturally strong leaders and, and they've just got it figured out? Cause some people yeah. have that skill. Yeah, no, I definitely have some naturally strong. <laughs> I have some naturally strong leaders here for sure. Um, and we all do training, even myself and we all train every opportunity we get, whether it's, um, you know, a training that crosses our lap through a human resource management group, or whether it's an HVAC training, we, we do a lot of training. Um, so they absolutely get management training, but a lot of what we do here from the leadership level is, um, 
is more of a natural, I would say, leadership style, um, just because it works for our culture. It works that it's it's just raw and it's real, and that's what works here. It's not very corporate like, um, so we don't have people with PhDs that have a master's degree and being a general manager. I mean, we just have the more real, raw, passionate leadership. Human connection. Yes. So when you look back to 2003, I know it's probably been a journey and you and I've never met before, so I don't know your entire story. But when you look back on the period of time when you started the company to where you are today, what were some of the breakthroughs that have, as, that when you tell your story years from now, you'll say, this happened in 2005, this happened in 2007. What were some of those pinnacle moments? Oh boy, there's so many. Um, but really being able to grow in a way that allowed me to start delegating things that I was doing on my own. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning, we did so much um, on our own. It was difficult. You know, it's really like, I remember like, you know, having my babies in the hospital and before I could even take them home, I was stopped by the office with a baby that's, you know, 24 hours old and inner payroll, for example. So um, they would never even make it home first. Their first visit was the office. Um, So, you know, those moments that I finally was able to bring on staff um, at a level that allowed me to do other things in the business were very important. So, um, hiring different people to handle, you know, finance, to handle accounting, to handle human resources, to handle the sales department. When I finally got to the point where we could financially take that risk, um, those were life-saving moments (laughs) because, you know, they say you have to let go of these things in order to grow and it's true. Um, And so those made a huge difference for us. Well, I bet you I know one, and that was the years of 2008, 2009. You made it through it. (laughs) That was, and I, I, people talk about this situation now with COVID, and it's very similar to that. And I I tell everyone, like I was on a Zoom meeting this morning um, with some of the women that I'm, um, the Bryant Women in HVAC group that we're in. And I just said, if you girls made it through that in 2008, you're going to make it through this. You're going to make it. This is only going to be, you know, maybe six weeks total, maybe of of a change. That was a couple of years. So you will get through it. So did anyone get hit harder in 2008 and 9 than Florida of all places? Wasn't it like the worst there? It was bad. It was really bad. Yes, it was tough. It was really tough. But in that moment, um, I was such in a full throttle mindset that I really, in retrospect, I really didn't even know what's happening because I just, um, I just refused to believe really. And I was in such a forward thinking mindset that I never really even knew that that was happening because I just, I didn't spend my energy worrying about it. So you were, you were laser focused just on the task of hand blinders. Like, got it. I can appreciate that very much. So, so since you brought up the COVID-19 piece, let's just talk about this for a second, because you're right. um, There's a lot of similarities um, in the market, not so much the scenario, but what are some of the key ingredients that you have learned that you guys are applying like right now in COVID? And, And I'll give you an example of, what we've heard and seen across our customers is um, you definitely have to pivot. Um, If you relied too heavily on 
big box retail, you're in trouble. Um, mm -hmm. So from the add-on replacement and service side of things, you have to make some changes in order to get through this. So yeah, you right. can put your blinders on and you can kind of still you know, focus and get after it, but you had to make some changes. What do you, what, in your opinion, for Ierna's, um, what have, what have been some key changes that you guys have made in this time that have been helpful? Well, honestly, we haven't made a ton of changes. Um, I mean, obviously we're doing all the things that everyone talks about and you see everyone posts all the different, um, you know, safety measures they're doing. So we've made those changes, don't get me wrong. Um, but I've kind of taken the mindset of, you know, it is what it is, right? So um, I've just tried to lead in a very positive way and um, really just task everyone with just changing their thought process to, you know, we've got to change everything we do or um, we have to implement this or we need to, go talk to this person or that person. And I've just kind of really been like, you know what, you know, this is definitely a new one for the books. And before this, like I have a sign on my door that says this should be a reality show because it feels like anything that could happen has happened to me and this company and in this industry. Right. So we have an ongoing joke about being a reality show here. Um, so this would be a new chapter, a new episode for sure for us. Um, <laughs> But I kind of embraced like, you know what, it is what it is, right? We are essentials. We're open. We're very fortunate. Um, so let's just take this on as a new challenge. Let's just kick this thing's ass. Let's right. just, let's just get through it and make it a new episode, make it a new chapter of our book. So that's kind of how we've positioned ourselves. Um, we haven't made a ton of changes, really. We've just um, kept all along the path of positivity and it's, it's working. So what do you think are some, what do you think are some good things that are going to come from this pandemic? Well, my favorite good thing that I think is coming from this is um, the spotlight that it has provided to the service industry and Amen. the trades. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's really um, shine light, which was already kind of fresh in the news about the trades and you know, you don't have to go to college. You should be, you know, you can get into the trades. Right. That was pretty well, um, had been surfaced lately. So I think this has really shined some positivity on, hey, the trades are open. I mean, they're essentials. So I think that's been a really positive thing for us. And, and I'm proud of that. And I've told every one of my team members, I mean, you be proud that you're a tradesman. I mean, you be proud that what you do, um, and, and be thankful. I mean, be humble that we're out there working. So I love that the trades have gotten some attention um, and some positive attention instead of, oh, you work in air on air conditioners, you know? So I think it's, um, I mean, really, they're out there on the front line every day. And I think it's awesome for them. Yeah, because you can take the trades for granted, especially because it's such a reactionary yeah. business. Like people aren't like, please replace my air conditioner. Yeah, Until absolutely. Absolutely. And so now, like, I mean, let's just face it, no one's going to be without their air conditioner in Florida. Right. right. I mean, it was 93 degrees here on Sunday. So um, virus or not, they're not going to be without it. So um, I think it's, you know, really, um, it's, I think it's going to be very helpful for us. There's already been, you know, so much talk about the shortage of employees for this industry. So I think that the fact that everyone in Florida, mostly in this industry is still working 
is awesome. I mean, what great, what better recruiting, you know, right. <laughs> topic can we give these people, you know? So um, if they're not in the trade, they should be. Um, and if you're in Florida and Tampa, look me up. <laughs> we'll get you in this trade. <laughs> but no, I, I love that, that that's come out of this. I, I think um, I love that um, it's as much as I'm a forward moving person, I'm a, a high functioning fast energy, fast paced type of person. I love that life outside of work has slowed down a little bit. Yep, same. Um, I think we've all needed that reset button. Um, I think it's, that's a very um, awesome, you know, byproduct of this whole situation. It's kind of like when you go home for Christmas break and those of us that are entrepreneurs, we actually take like three days off for right. Christmas, maybe. Right? right. And we can't even believe it. Like we shut our phones down. We don't answer our emails for like three days, maybe two and a half. And what we really are doing is resetting ourselves. And I think that with this virus on the table, the whole world's been able to reset themselves. And I think it's been a healthy, very, very healthy um, thing for all of us to do, whether we want to admit it or not. I think that that's, it's very positive. Yeah, slowing down is not easy, um, and it's never been for me, at, even at 40, um, but I will agree with you that I think that, at least I guess you, for Rhino in particular, we've actually seen product productivity significantly increase, and um, it's been great to see everybody step up, you know, mm -hmm. because, yeah, because all of our customers are essential businesses. It, you know, we have now we're dealing with lots of, you know, customers all over North America, really, you know, heating, air conditioning and plumbing, electrical contractors that we have to be there for them. And especially Absolutely. now more than ever. So watching our team step up has been amazing. Now, that being said, one thing that with Anna on here too, is that, you know, at me as CEO, her as COO, um, we've, probably put in more hours in the last month, like significantly more hours than Absolutely. ever before. Yes. I wouldn't say ever. I know you're not ever before. That's <laughs> actually, because we know what it's like starting the company and you're working yeah. all hats, 18 hour days, every moment that you're awake, you yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Poor choice. I can share with you though. The last few weeks, maybe the last three or four weeks, I've worked a lot more hours than I had three weeks leading into this situation yeah, right. for sure. But I think that's a lot to do with, we were all handed a new situation that there's no manual on this virus, right? There's no manual on how to deal with this. So we've had to watch more, you know, videos than we wanted to watch. We've, we've all been part of zoom meetings like crazy. Right. And um, for some of us, we're also school teachers now. So, yeah, right. you know, we, we were all juggling a lot and, um, it's almost, and this is what I told my team from the very first day that this all landed in our lap is you guys, we need to work like we're going on vacation, you know, just, just work like you're going on vacation. I mean, clean everything off your desk, return every email, um, answer everyone's phone calls I mean, just work like you're on vacation because or going on vacation because you never know when we're going to be shut down. Cause at the time we didn't know when we were going to be shut down. So that's kind of the guidance that I've been giving everyone is just get it done. Let's get it done. Cause for us, we get to go back to real world life on May 1st, Florida. And when that happens in May, it's hot. Right. So when May hits, May 1st hits, we're going to be coming out of the gate, you know, 
super, super busy weather-wise and temperature-wise. So um, we've got to be prepared. So that's kind of what we've been doing. It's working like we're on vacation, yeah. going on vacation. Yeah, I you, love that. And what's going to happen is anybody who was fearful and you know maybe knows that they do need a new system that's kind of been holding off or whatever, you, like you said, when the heat comes, and you guys have gnarly humidity down there too. It's mm -hmm. like, all, I mean, I grew up in humidity. I'm so thankful here in Phoenix that we don't have that. Um, we do hit 115 or 20, some crazy high temperatures, yeah. but there is no humidity. I don't care. Like, it's still freaking hot. I don't care. People talk about how dry heat is fucking hot, period. But all those people who held off on doing anything, th there's a flood going to come through of that, but now there's less, like, some contractors aren't going to make it through. So, right. so acquisitions are happening more frequently, things like that, but so you got to be ready coming out of the gate and it's, and and you because you talk a lot about mindset that's what you how you guys have gotten through everything is you already work as if like that's what that's what your plan already is is you're going to be there because demand service demand service you're an essential business some could pull through but you know companies that win dealer of the year and win nine time middle books like they've got it figured out so you're there to t to take advantage of that and the nice thing about this is what we would talk about at Rhino is a lot of times we didn't have a, a problem of generating new customers. A lot of times it was we, the, our customers didn't have enough staff to support lead volume. So you'd mm -hmm. have to pause campaigns or something along those lines because right. you didn't have enough people. Well, that's not going to be the case now, but those, some mm -hmm. of those people who didn't make it through now you can also pick up on that. So those that come out of this thing actually have a phenomenal opportunity to, gr to grow massive market share. Absolutely. I agree completely. I agree. And it's, it's very much like the 2008, 2009 years is, um, you know, what it did was kind of trim the fat out there. You know, it kind of leaned everything up. So like you talk about acquisitions and, and that's very, very true. I mean, it, whoever's left, I mean, only the strong survive, right? And that's really what's going to happen with that's the AC world. And, and for us, I mean, plumbing too, like plumbing's, you know, everyone's home, all, everyone's home with their kids, flushing wipes down the toilet, like plumbing's been <laughs> off the chain for us. <laughs> so our plumbing department's been pretty darn busy too, so. Well, it's, Good. so Iron is, and now Iron is, and I remember you telling me this, gosh, when I was out there, or something along those lines, but you, the way, Iron is a, mark, you kind of function as a marketing company that sells home services, right? Right. So, yes, absolutely. So I think actually that mindset is super helpful because if you're thinking that way, you're constantly changing, adapting and pivoting to whatever's going on around you, your competitors, like whatever's happening. So um, can you explain that? I'm sure there's somebody that's going to take offense to that, right? Like somebody's going to be like, you're your marketing company that does home services. But really that's what it is with a lot of, with any businesses, you have to, you're a marketing company that does X, Y, and, and Z. You, now your right. Y can be different, but like explain that methodology just so for our, for our listeners. Yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, marketing is, um, it's about satisfying the needs of our customers, right? That's what, that, that's what marketing is for us. So in order to do that, we have to find out who our customers are. We need to research that. We need to um, research the products we need to promote. Um, and then finally, we have to um, deliver the goods or services. So for mark for marketing, like, you know, it may, you know, like I, I get what you're saying, because one time I did say um, on an interview, I said, you know, we're a marketing company that sells air conditioners and my marketing 
directors like Charlene, customers are <laughs> not going to understand that. You know, they're not going to appreciate that. I'm like, well, it's all for their game. Like, you know, we are a marketing company that, that sells air conditioners and we want to be able to market to the right people. So um, it's for us, it's about targeting those right people and determining who those are and how do we stay in front of them? Because, I mean, let's just face it, like everyone is competing for our customers' time. I mean, whether they're scrolling through social media, there's going to be an ad that pops up. Um, whether we're getting a text message from our kids' school that they have a play on Friday or or whatever the case may be, if we get snail mail, I mean, everyone's competing for our customers' time. So we just take the approach that, you know, it's our job to become a household name, stay in front of that customer no matter what and market to them. Um, and that way, you know, when they do need plumbing and they do need air conditioning, I mean, we're the first and only people they think of. So that's pretty much what our, our theory is on that. And sometimes we do a little unorthodox marketing, but um, it works for us and, and people remember us. So um, that's really our, our go-to on that. Let's, let's talk about the unorthodox marketing. I had a different question I want to come back to to talk about the competition, but give me an example of something you did that um, you didn't think would work well and maybe did or just maybe caught your customers off guard. Hmm, off guard, not sure. Um, so, I mean, we just do so many different things. So, Lutes, for example, um, you guys, some of you have been here. Um, it's the nudist uh, capital of the world. So, it's... Um, we, um, we visited one of the resorts, but, yeah, but we, we're coming back to that, Yano's. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the proper way to say the naturalist. They're called naturalist, yeah, um, so we don't offend anybody, but they're called naturalist. Um, so, you know, they're great people and there's, you know, tons, probably millions in our community right here. So um, it's our job to market to them you know, they need air conditioners. So that's a little bit different than what people are used to. I mean, if you've ever seen our logo, it's, it's a guy that sits over the condenser with his tool bag. But for the, for the naturalists, our logo is a naked guy that sits over the <laughs> condenser, right? So, I mean, he just doesn't have any clothes on, but he still has his tool belt on. So that's a little bit different, but, but the people in those communities that see our ad, um, that ad only goes to them. We only direct mail that ad to them. So that's a little bit unique um, when we tell people that. So is it unusual for a technician to go into a home and everyone's naked? Was it unusual? Yeah. Is it like unusual for them? I think, you know, what's interesting, anyone who's from this town is aware, um, but people who come from another state and start working here are like, what? what you know so they're definitely like the first few times they're like um the people are not wearing clothes here <laughs> and, and so that's different for them but um I mean they're great people they're a huge part of our community um and we don't discriminate right so you know everyone needs air conditioning so it's our job to market to everyone's walk of life and I think that's something we've been very open-minded about and where other people just never were um, maybe on board or maybe they just didn't know to jump on that. But we definitely, uh, we definitely stay in front of all of them. <laughs> and so are there ordinances that would keep someone from like walking around in public naked? Sorry, we're not, we're not getting this train back on the tracks, guys. I'm stuck <laughs> here. Are there naked people in, say, Starbucks or Home Depot? No, okay. no they stay within their communities. So, um, 
they have like concrete walls all around their communities. Um, and oh. these homes are beautiful homes. Um, and it's just their way of life. Um, so no, they have pretty much a lot of what they need is, is on, it's like a, um, like a resort, I would say, mm -hmm. like they have their own restaurants and their own hair salons and everything's inside the walls. Got it. That so, makes yeah. complete sense. All right. I want to talk about Florida for a minute because it's such a fascinating market. Hang on real quick. Uh, I wish you guys could see 20 year old Kyle's face right now. He's bright, bright red. red. <laughs> Kyle, we're going to send you there. All right, I, I just I just Googled it, by the way, which we'll come back to. Um, but I want to talk about Florida. Now, not all of our listeners are from Florida. Certainly some of them are. Florida is a competitive market and things are different in Florida. You know, some people can say like, oh, it's all the same everywhere. It's all the same everywhere but Florida. So when you talk to the, it sounds like you network a lot outside of your area and talk to people across the country. What are some things that are unique to Florida? In terms of? In terms of the AC business. Yeah. Okay. In terms of running your business that maybe you're like, oh, we don't have to deal with that or, or it's a bigger deal down here. You know, we do definitely have a ton of competition here. Like, like I, you can pull up to any red light and look to your right and look to your left and there's going to be an AC truck and there's going to be a plumber. I mean, they're everywhere here. So I mean, they are, there are jokes that you can throw a rock across the street and hit a competitor. I mean, so that's kind of the joke here in Florida. So I, I don't um, know exactly how that compares to every other state, but I, I do know that it's it's definitely true here. Um, Florida doesn't really have a heating season. Um, we used to, but the last two or three years, we haven't. Um, I think that makes us a little different. So I don't know. I, I don't really know the seasonality of different states yeah. that well. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure what makes us so different. I think... Um, we had the snowboard snowbird mix here, but I'm not really sure. I couldn't put my finger on what makes us so unique. Um, we're very fast paced here. Yeah, uh, um, I'll tell you. I mean, you you really touched on this because I hear it all the time when I talk to Florida clients. It's that there are a ton of contractors, and not only will someone like are there a ton to choose from, they'll do work for little to nothing, right? And so um, my question is for the listeners on who are listening, who uh, there are some of them who will never be successful because in their mind, everyone else is too cheap. Marketing is too expensive. And there's all these external factors that, that are playing against them. Mm -hmm. But those rules don't seem to apply to people like you. So what do you say to them when they're complaining about the, you know, the yard sign that says $2,500 AC? Like, how do you, how do you overcome yeah, that? I mean, they just, you know, they need to build value in what they're going to offer their customer. I mean, it, you know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. So if it's too cheap, it, you know, to be true, it probably is. Um, I mean, this is your air conditioner you're talking about in Florida. This is not a new bicycle. I mean, this is something you have to rely on. Um, and, and what we do basically to defeat those types of uh, comments that we still hear from customers is, you know, we, we build value in, in our name and our brand and it means something. And we build value in the work that we're going to perform when we come out to your house. And um, that's really how we get around that is, you know, we're here to stay. You know, we're here to take care of you today and five years, 10 years, 20 years. We're here to take care of you. So um, do you want a company like that or do you want someone who's just going to, you know, come in and Uncle Bob's going to install this and it may not work on Sunday. I'm not sure. So you know, we just, we don't ever um, encourage putting in our, any of our competition down. We just encourage our, 
customers to self-educate themselves, maybe do their own Google check, you know, maybe check their own reviews type of thing. Um, but we do get a lot of that. But I think over the years, we've done a pretty decent job at um, informing our customers as to who we are. Um, and we do that by a lot of the community involvement that we do through, you know, different, you know, sponsor of little leagues or kids sports or the, the pickup point at school or um, just, you know, the, um, the uh, any type of pet related event that we sponsor. So again, that's just about verse, you know, becoming more um, involved in different parts of the community so that we touch everyone. And I think when we show up to the front door, we've already got to, you know, got to step up really. So that kind of goes backwards. You can't do that on day one out of the gate because I've been there. You can't do that on day one, but that just takes a lot of time to build your reputation and to build your brand so that when our guys do get to the front door, they've already got one up on everybody. What is the pickup point? I understand the concept, but tell me what you did with that that was special. So the pickup point, um, you know, you've got hundreds of parents that are sitting in a car line um, dry, you know, waiting for their child to be let out and put into the car. And there's always like that fence that keeps the school inside the fence. So we have like our banners, you know, all along those fence lines and so forth. So they just stare at our banner while they're sitting there and maybe That's they're, cool. you know, someone's calling from home saying the air doesn't work. And they, they see our banner twice a day at, in the morning, they see it in the afternoon. So it's great. Yeah. That's a great idea. Generate school <laughs> revenue, having the banner there. You're looking at me puzzled. It's a great idea. Yeah, it's fin- look at you go. So now I wonder how people are going to pick up on that. If they made it to the end. I know. I would be going to, my, if I, my, my business was something like that, I would for sure be going to local schools when yeah. they, as soon as they start and start trying to put my banner up everywhere. Mm. And you don't Good have to get audience of the parents in line but all of the school teachers that work there right. too so you know look at you this is how you win these awards and make it 17 years <laughs> <laughs> in business um any uh closing comments from you mrs yano or tall paul i have a good story for charlene oh boy <laughs> i oh see boy. paul giggling so years ago actually it was when we came out and we went to the event that night where you got your award and we took a picture and it got posted on social media. And at the time, my assistant said, man, I wish I worked for somebody as beautiful as her. And I was like, ouch, (laughs) because she said it to me and I was her boss. (laughs) So, so it's always a funny story when I see your, your brand or I see, hear your name. I always think of that time where she clearly pinpointed how stunningly beautiful you are. And which is obvious. Anybody who's watching this is going to see that, but it always makes me laugh to think about the time that she put her foot in her mouth and told me she'd like to have a beautiful boss. (laughs) She doesn't work here anymore. (laughs) Nope. Good Good riddance to bad rubbish. She go. go. Well, and just, hey, just so it's clear, listeners, if you heard me say, Ann and I went to one of the naturalist resorts, it was because that same person who's no longer here, surprise, booked us there without telling us. So I got, well, without telling me, everybody else knew I was the butt of the joke, pun intended. (laughs) And so we ended up at some place there and it was, it was not, it was not awesome. 
But <laughs> I have heard that story. Now it's all coming together. It was the best. It was a great April Fool's joke. And Chris thought when we got there that that was the joke and like impact was over. And no, the real joke was that we legit had a room and we were staying the night. And when we were checking in, Naked Karaoke just released and everybody came out of like the bar area just completely naked. It was so good. I cried. I cried laughing. I cried myself to sleep laughing. And Chris was so angry with me. <laughs> you know, I I have got a great sense of humor, but that was a long day of traveling from Phoenix to Atlanta for a meeting. My shoe got caught in the escalator, so it sucked my shoe off. I have one shoe, flew from there to Tampa. And we met with you the next day, so you got the the good mood, the good mood version of me. But I was pissed. I was so <laughs> pissed. I walked in, and then when they all walked out from naked karaoke, everybody like everybody's so nice. I was just like, it was the most uncomfortable I've been in a long time. Okay, I know we're super over. So, hey, Charlene, we appreciate you so much for coming on the show. Um, I hope our listeners actually, I really hope that you got some good takeaways because I think that well, I know. Charlene knows how to get it done. And I, and I think a lot of it comes back to just straight up mindset. And I, I, in a lot of ways we're we're similar because I also wear blinders and I just feel like nothing's going to happen to me bad. I don't, I worry, I don't worry about things. So I was told once and I just, for whether it's true or not, it rang true for me is you worry about 90% of the things that never happen. So why am I going to continue to worry about things? Like I'd rather let the 10% of shit actually happen that I didn't worry about and then I have to figure it out. And that's kind of how I've run my life is I just believe that no matter what the situation, the scenario, I'm going to get it done. Now, part of that is because I have an amazing team that, that we have at Rhino that allows me to have that courage. But I believe that's the same thing with you. And so, but comes from mindset. So thank you so much for coming on board. Um, Congrats again on another MOE. Yes, like, so exciting. awesome, man. Keep crushing Thank it. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. And once we roll this thing out, um, don't worry. We'll share your cell phone number so everybody can text you. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> totally joking. Not giving her a cell phone number or anything like that. If you want to reach out to her, you can You can go to find her. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, thank you so much. Stay safe. Hey, good luck to your uh, good luck to your son. We guys get back to racing. I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate All it. All right, listeners, take care. Until next time, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to To the Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store, and don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.